This is the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. Welcome to the Liberator Podcast. My name is Jeremy Kubitschek, and today we're standing at the top of Mount Everest with Steve Cockrum. And Steve, how are you? Can you hear me? Uh, the, the oxygen's getting thin, Jeremy, but you're coming through. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how do they know? They don't know. I mean, um, we could be anywhere, right? We could be, but also one of our values is uh, truthfulness and integrity. Oh, yeah. So, so okay. with all due, with all due, I'm only on Mount Kilimanjaro. So there we go. <laughs> no, uh, uh, welcome to another uh, another episode of the Liberated Podcast. We're excited. We've got some fun topics as always to talk about. But before we get there, Steve, you've had a little bit of a holiday uh, in Ooh, the in that the, is that is. Bordering on cultural sensitivity there, Jeremy, not using the word vacation with yes. holiday is a very European phrase. Well done. I'm proud of thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you went to a really a, one of my favorite places that we experienced in uh, in England. Can you tell them where you were and where it's located? I was looking oh. forward to you try and pronounce Cornwall or whatever you call it. <laughs> no, Cornwall. We went to Corn- yeah. Th- that's very good. We went to a place called, just near Padstow on the north coast of Cornwall and uh, for any of you who follow me on Facebook, I posted a couple of pictures, but um, I always say that there's probably nowhere more beautiful on earth to have a holiday or vacation than the north coast of Cornwall, as long as the weather is kind. Um, and there's a significant proviso there. So we had a great time. Yeah, took the kids away, did a bit of surfing, a bit of beach walking, um, you know. Um, you know yeah. what I love about about that area is it's unbelievable. For those who haven't been there, it's so beautiful. Um, it's just it's just this beach area of England, and people are like, "What in England?" But it really is. It's just really uh, quaint. There's great beaches there, um, but it's not commercialized. And I'm, I'm like, I so laughed uh, compared to America. And so, if Americans had had if developers had gotten a hold of Padstow, or I mean, it would just be. You'd have miniature golf here, and you've got go-karts here, and you have all this cheesy stuff, and it's just so well done because you don't, it's just, I don't know. It's the way destinations should be, not well, commercialized. Yeah, that's very good of you. And I went in the sea, believe it or not. They, they, they haven't got a wetsuit big enough for me, so I went in as I am, and it was, let's just say bracing. I think that would be the best description for it, so uh, yeah. And you're pretty, and you've, yeah, you, you like cold water. That's good. That's pretty, for me, I would be, yeah. <laughs> Well, you're you're, you're, a lot, you're a lot thinner, Jeremy. You're much more highly cheap athlete than I am. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. You've been What's working it? hard though, while I've been playing golf, haven't you? Yeah. Did I yeah, tell you I shot right. a seventy-one? Oh, yeah, this is that's probably right. getting diverted. Okay, I won't go there. <laughs> that's good. I'm impressed. Uh, t- we are uh, in the midst of all types of fun things. Um, I'm actually heading to uh, Kenya this next weekend. And so we'll be gone to Africa for a bit. And then Steve and I will meet back up to speak in California uh, at an event in uh, the desert. So that'll, that'll be fun. So there's a lot of activity going on in the giant world, as always. But today we are going to talk about, we're going to give you three words. And it's really a, uh, we call it a mantra. I don't know what the term is, but it's it's a, what is the term of, of these three words, Steve? I'd probably use the term axiom. Axiom. There you go. So it's an axiom that we use to shape and run our business. And we've done this from the very beginning. And we think it would just be interesting for you all to to hear it and understand it and add it potentially into your world, or at least to ponder in the way that you run your life and your business. 
The three words are simple, scalable, and sustainable. And so, Steve, share with our audience, our friends, the um, how many are we up to on your counter? You've got you've got the counter on your on your computer. How many? I think we just tipped over six million last time. But that may be <laughs> that may be another integrity challenge that I'm struggling with. But let's just say that we'll stick with that as a number. Um, at least at least so, three people have written to us. So in that sense, we know that someone's out there. So I'm amazed so how many people do listen to it. So there we go. With that, with that amount, tell them what simple, scalable, and sustainable uh, how yeah. we've used it. So, so if you think of, you know, we often said that if you're going to be intentional with culture, you have to use vocabulary and language that come to mean the same thing at the same time, at the same place, the same people. So, simple, scalable, sustainable. Simple we defined as this initially, anyway, that an educated thirteen-year-old, because mainly because when we started this, Jeremy and I both had educated thirteen-year-olds, has to be able to understand what you're saying use it in their own lives, and teach it to other people. So those three filters, for most experts, what you think is simple is not. And that's one of the big challenges for leaders. The more competent they are, the harder it is for them to understand how to make things simple. If you are accidental, it will not be simple. So that definition was one, an educated 13-year-old can understand what you're using and teaching, they can use it practically in their own lives and they're able to teach that to the people around them. If, if, that's your, if you can do that with whatever you're sharing inside your organization or your world, then you truly have become a master of simplicity. And we weren't in the beginning and it was very annoying because my educated 13-year-old said to me, Daddy, um, I love all the Jedi mind tricks you and Mr. Jeremy do with like Myers-Briggs and Jungian type, and I know I'm an ENFP, and I love being an ENFP, and I can understand it, Daddy, when you explain it. Um, I can use it in my own world, but I'm not able to teach it to my friends. So according to your definition that you say Giant is based on, um, this doesn't meet every criteria. And you know that wonderful moment when you realize that basically the vocabulary and language you've given to your children they're now using back to beat you with like gears. That's another one that you've got to be careful with. I kind of went, well, Izzy, it's not quite as simple as that. And she went, well, Daddy, then your definition of simple is wrong. Um, so, of course, being the true pioneer, I tried to um, show her why she was wrong, went away and thought about it, came back and apologized and go, you're absolutely right. It is. It won't work that way. So that's where voices came from, wasn't it? We sat down and we said, mm -hmm. OK, is there any way that we can take the power of helping people know themselves, to lead themselves, but do it in a way that children, educated 13-year-olds, can understand it, use it, teach their friends. And so voices came out of that challenge. What are you going to add so, to that? Jeff? So you might you might hear those listening, you might hear us go, well, that's great. Um, but but the question is, how simple is it around your, your people, the people that you lead, the people that mm -hmm. are in your life? And what we find over and over again is um, it's just too complicated. People don't know your vision. They don't understand your, the direction. Uh, you think they do. And I, we'll hear people go, well, I've told them. <laughs> I've told them. And I, I don't know how they don't know it. I mean, we've mm -hmm. had so many emails. We've had so many communications. <laughs> we've had so many. And so that conversation. So if you, if you see people are not truly, um, you know, leading or, or following your lead or excited, then you might have a simplicity issue. You might have a, a situation where people just don't know exactly what you're thinking. That's so good. And I think if you really want to um, be brave enough to find out what simplicity is like in your world, 
simply go and ask a random selection of people in your organization, tell me what our vision is and what are our values. So I always ask people to go, hey, what are your values? What, what are the values you live by in this organization? And they go, ah, well, you know, most of them have now got, I think we're agile. Um, uh, uh, do you know, I've got it as a card in my top drawer because we paid for a very expensive consultant to come in and work out our values. I go, here's the thing. If your vocabulary doesn't live day to day, it doesn't live. And it's too complicated. You, you did this with your family. We did it on holiday. We did an exercise of going, what would be the hallmarks of the DNA of the values of the Cochrane DNA? Because I think you did it, didn't you, with Cubitrate? Yep. Do you remember what yours were? Oh, yeah, yeah. Ours are uh, kind, understanding, brave, intentional, compassionate, encouraging, and kind. Couldn't think of two K words. So we <laughs> said the kind in the beginning and kind in the end. But that was what we shaped our family around for that really formidable time of their life. Um, they understood the, those values. Yeah. And so th that simple thing of literally sitting down with all the kids and going, okay, what is it going to mean in a new household for us to be Cockrums? So they came up with five, because obviously we can't remember any more than that. I may not remember them all, but hospitality, creativity, generosity. Um, those are the three I remember. But the, it, what was so sweet was the kids came up with these and go, we think that's who we are. Izzy's doing me a piece of artwork at the moment because obviously... I'm uh, getting old now and I have these senior moments. So that in my office will be, these are our values. But there's an example of going, if you ask people around your world, what's our vision? What's our mission? What are our values? If they don't know them, if they don't live them, you probably haven't made them simple enough. I remember doing it in one organization where they had 12 values. And I'm going like, how do you possibly live 12 values? Well, they said, we couldn't agree on the day. And in the end, we took all 12 that we put on the wall. So that's not simple. No, and I think the, the re other reality is that most people, a lot of people uh, might know vision, mission, values mm -hmm. as because they've been wrote, they're in, their, they're in their world, or it's a wall plaque, and everyone has to <laughs> memorize it. Mm -hmm. I think what Steve's trying to say here is that they have to be alive. Like, mm -hmm. those things have to, so you might remember them, but you're not living them. Mm -hmm. So part of simplicity is it's got to be so genuine. So even if you ask anyone further down in org clarity to go, um, what is our strategy? How do we win? What are our tactics that we're doing to win? And if people don't know those because it's too complicated. So the, the idea is that most strategic plans are just simply too complicated for the general population, the general group. And they're written for a board or they're written to please Wall Street or they're written to please someone else. But they're not tailored to really get getting the teams to understand and people to understand. And when people don't understand, they go back into compliance. They just do what they have to do to do their job, to keep their job. And that's where simplicity has opportunity. If you can simplify and get people moving, what it will do is be like a train. Everyone starts moving forward in the same direction. You might have to slow down to speed up. You have to slow down to get everyone on the same page and link together then you can begin moving at a, at a quicker pace. So that's simplicity. So I think so people have to understand it. They have to be able to use it day to day and they have to be able to teach it to those around them. Um, I don't know. I mean, one of the things that I remember playing with a long time ago was that for a lot of leaders, they we often challenge them to find the simplicity beyond complexity. Because what that means is most 
most people who are at the front end of the train often have a simple idea of what they're going to go after. Let's do this. This is going to be awesome. And then you get stuck in the trying to work out, well, how do we do it? And you end up in this complexity event. Oh, my goodness. It's a lot more complicated than we thought in the beginning when we said, let's do this. And if you think of a train going through a tunnel, for me and for us, the tunnel is the complexity. It always looks really easy when you, before you go into it. But the real question is to go, when you begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel, you go, ah, I see the simplicity by which we can do it. A lot of leaders stop when they get through the front end of the tunnel. So they're, don't forget, they're driving the train. They're, they're out in the light. But because they're in the light, they assume that everyone else who's on the train connected with them is also seeing it. And the, I would say that one of the major skills of leadership is understanding you've only reached simplicity when everybody using your organization can actually see the light on the other end of the tunnel. If you stop too soon and celebrate, you'll find half your people are still in the fog and the darkness of the tunnel. So there you go. There's another little free one that I'm particularly guilty of that in the past. I've worked so hard to get the simplicity, but there's another journey of getting the whole train through. <laughs> which obviously as a pioneer wasn't always my deep joy. So there's simplicity well, done to death. Which is, which is where uh, the next one comes in. It's, it's uh, scalable. So simplicity, uh, simple, scalable. Number two is sustainable. Three, so scalable is the simple idea of the multiplication. It's that part of what you're saying is like getting everyone to be on board with it and simple enough that everyone can play. And so you're transferring that. So give a definition or a thought, Steve, on uh, scalable. I'll give, you, I'll give you where we began, and then you can add what we've learned over the last five years. So initially, scalable was this, is saying what we build can't be dependent upon the unique gifting and charisma of particular individuals. So when you meet highly talented people, you usually find that what they do looks effortless and easy. And if they're not prepared to actually teach others how to do what they do, they'll end up being usually quite famous and well-known. <laughs> But when you actually look at what they built, it really is still ultimately about them. And if they die or they're not involved anymore, nobody wants anyone but them. So that's the scalable syndrome, which basically says, I love you, but if you try and send me anyone else, I don't think I get the same experience. So scalability is the ability to multiply intentionally knowledge, skills, expertise, so that it's not dependent upon you as an individual. That was certainly our intent in the beginning, mm -hmm. and hopefully find people who are more talented than you to take it on, which I think we've done reasonably well, actually. Yeah, and, and in our business, it was really tough because, um, you know, we're in the beginning, we were scaling um, consulting, we were, we were scaling our uh, ability to transform people. And so Steve and I have just, um, and I say this humbly, a gift in the way that we, uh, encourage, we unlock people, we help them see themselves and understand who they really are. And so the idea was, could we scale that to other people? Could we actually um, transform and multiply what we do into the lives of other people to transform and multiply into other people? And we've been able to do that. We've, we've figured out ways to do that. We have a number of people. When you think of uh, Maria Guy or Mike Opadal, or you think of uh, Amy Norton's and all of these giants that are around uh, the world, our ability to scale ourselves into them and multiply what we do. And so we've been working on systems and products and programs and so forth. What we've hit, though, is we've actually hit a, a little bit of a, of a wall to go, okay, 
um, how do we scale it in a mass way? Mm. How do you actually, and so we had an epiphany that, that hit us this summer to go, you know, we're really not a consulting firm because if we were going to multiply consulting, that's feast or famine. Uh, that's not necessarily uh, who we are. We're really a media company. We are a content company. We develop content and that is a language that people use around the world. And if they use our language, it could potentially shape and change culture. And so this whole concept of us really shifted to go, oh my goodness. So how do we get our language out? So the Liberator podcast, for those listening, you're a part of it. You're listening in. You're learning from us. You're taking what you're, we're teaching and hopefully you're implementing it in your business. And hopefully you're seeing success uh, because of it in relationships or in your teams or what have you. And so in our case, we just realized, you know what, we have this opportunity to multiply. Um, and if we think of ourselves differently, we're really multiplying our content and our language uh, into people through programs, through uh, different mediums. And so we've got significant things we're about to launch uh, because of that. Anything you want to add to that? I think that um, some of this you can only learn by getting it wrong. <laughs> and so... so I think one of the things for, for us learning how to do scalability is that most of it has come out of falling forward or, you know, I know recently you sent me over an article by Jeff Bezos, which I thought gave us vocabulary and language, which says um, Amazon has grown because they've been committed to a culture of experimentation. And I think just that realization, which is to say, you know, as we've said before, the world is changing. I mean, we are at the absolute cutting edge of a digital revolution, which is just changing everything at a pace of not. So it's a bit like going, even if somebody learned to do scalability in the old world, scalability in the industrial world where people were physically present with you, where a lot of it was mechanized and processed, all of those things may be useful, but we're actually having to draw a new map. We're having to learn new things. And so in some senses, if you're not prepared to try and, and get it wrong at times, so if I think of all the people who we thought in the beginning... Do you know, it can't be that difficult to do what we do. I mean, how many times have we had that conversation? And I look at it and go, at the time, we were unconsciously incompetent. We didn't understand, really, why, in some ways, there were particular gifts and grace that you and I had that actually meant we had to be a lot more selective in actually finding the right fit for people in our world. So some are now, you know, some will be consultants, but to be a senior consultant working with, you know, senior executive teams of large organizations. There aren't many people who actually can do that, but there are millions of people in our world who love the thought of being liberators and love the thought of being able to take and use our content, our tools, even if it's only one or two tools, of just realizing that the vision that we had in the beginning was to raise up liberators to change their culture in every city sector in the world. So I think that's been a really exciting learning for us on scalability and obviously, I think we'll talk more as, as we go. But it probably plays into that other piece that was um, sustainability. You know, the idea of going, we said in the very beginning, we wanted giants to be able to be people who were able to earn a good living, do things that they were absolutely passionate about, but to actually still have the time and resource to be able to do it for the long term, rather than just burn out after a couple of years because in some senses, if something's going to last, it has to be sustainable for the long term. So that was another key piece. And I think in some ways that was another aha 
of the summer, wasn't it? We were talking to some of our key people who'd been with us for four years or five years, and they were really asking the questions again, how do we make what we do sustainable for the future? And I think all of those things have been us constantly listening, evolving, recognizing that you don't get it right first time. And I think experimentation is just a word that has been, I think, helpful to you and I. Mm-hmm. I think Absolutely. we're always, I think we're always aware as you know, pioneer connectors and creative connectors, connect creatives that we're we're probably on the nature of we think change is fine. So I think sometimes we've been a little bit, or I've been a little bit. Oh my goodness, people think we're changing too much, or you know, things are evolving. And I think just the understanding the world is like that at the moment, and we're experimenting to try and find. How do we serve our people? How do we be liberators for our people? And I think for leaders, that's a great mentality to ask, to be constantly thinking, how is what we're doing being liberators to our key people? And how do we make sure that in our desire to go forward, we constantly come back to be thinking about who are the key people that we're called to be liberators to on a day-to-day basis? And you know, talk to more. So you're so the if you put it all together, those listening, you've got simple, scalable, sustainable. The whole idea that running a business, right? And so in in our case, we mentioned the scalability. So this summer, we decided, you know what, to really scale what we do and help our our giants in the field. So we're gonna we're and our clients, we're creating something called Giant TV, and we're launching Giant TV, a soft launch in uh, November of of 2018, a hard launch next March, uh, when when the 100x book comes out. And Giant TV would be a, basically, it's uh, Netflix uh, meets leadership. And it is the idea of, can we create binge-worthy leadership series that are videos? In fact, um, we'll be adding the Liberated Podcast into video format in the future. So you'll have to put pants on in the future, Steve. <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> uh, that's, that, that's a piece of vocabulary that may need oh, translating. Yeah. You'll need to put audience. trousers on. Uh, <laughs> I hope you're wearing underwear. Anyway, but people will be able to watch in, uh, watch our, our uh, podcasts in the future mm-hmm. versus just um, hear the podcast. So we've got a lot uh, that we're, we're creating, and we're creating 10 shows um, over the next season that I think are going to be unbelievable. And people are going to love them. And we also have our our historic content, uh, our content on the gears and voices. And you can actually, uh, we'll have voice channels. Um, and if you're uh, if you're a specific voice, you'll have your own channel to be able to watch uh, related to who you are and what your wiring is. I, we say all that to go. It's one of our solutions, and it's one of our experiments to uh, sustainability. And so it allows us to spread our uh, vision in a simple way. And it's also $8.99 a month. We just said, let's use the Netflix model. And if we use the Netflix uh, business model, then that gives us an opportunity uh, to scale in the same way that they've learned to scale. So, you know, we learn from other people. But the concept from Steve and I, and I want you guys all to hear this, is that we're constantly learning. We're constantly working. We're constantly experimenting talking about things we're working on our model constantly to get it right because we so believe in our content we so believe in our vision and mission but we've got to put a simple scalable and sustainable business model uh, for our people to make their lives better and for any any giants people who come on board wanting to be a consultant or a, a licensee or want to participate any clients wanting to participate in giant tv there's a number of different ways that we um 
that, that we, we've got options, but we are constantly driving our strategy to that simple, scalable, and sustainable mark. Any last thoughts from you, Steve, before we finish this version? I think that the, the only thing I'd say would be this is incredibly powerful vocabulary if you are prepared to adopt it. But I think one of the things I'd say is most um, founders, most strong, charismatic entrepreneurs, um, often, if they're not careful, they assume that what they built is simple, scalable, sustainable, and it isn't actually true. And I would say that one of the most... Um, you have to have your your sounding board and you have to have some people around you who are really prepared to speak the truth in love that you give them permission to do that. Because what we think as pioneer connectors and creatives is really, really clear didn't turn out to be that way. And I think there is a, particularly in America, I think there's an honor code towards founders and entrepreneurs. And I think that learning to be able to ask your team and those who work around you to really ask them the question, is what we're doing simple, scalable, and sustainable? And not try and sell it to them and bully them into when they give you an answer, but to really ask that question. So it's great practice this week to kind of learn your definition of what simple, scalable, sustainable means for you, understand it, use it, and then go to some of your people and go, okay, guys, let's just hold that, hold up a lens of our world, our model, you know, how we're doing what we're doing. Is it simple? Is it scalable? Is it sustainable? And don't try and defend the first answers you get back. Just see it as a listening exercise. I think that's been one for me and Jeremy, that learning that even when we think we're giving people permission to speak, sometimes they still need double permission to challenge, particularly those they see as, as leaders in a culture. So there's your homework. Simple, scalable, sustainable. Practice it. Ask the honest question and don't respond with any form of challenge to what they say write it down and go away and reflect on it because that's probably the only way that you will really hear whether what you're doing is simple, scalable, sustainable. There we go. And that's my you, final thought. If, and if you want to also go through the five circles of influence and ask the questions for yourself, is there anything that you're doing in your life? Is it, is it simple, scalable, sustainable, whether that's diet to uh, your any of your scheduling? Uh, do that with your family too. Um, you know, maybe you've got grand plans that people aren't understanding because you've not deciphered it in such a way uh, or to your team, organization, so forth. So uh, with that, you all, every one of our, our um, tips and tools are meant to help you liberate, to help you fight for the highest possible good of those that you work with, uh, those that you serve. It's also meant uh, really to, to help you get to the next level. And we hope that uh, today that maybe this one might have helped you in your business specifically. So until next time, we'll see you later on the Liberator Podcast. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. That concludes today's episode of the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. You can find out more information about us online at giantworldwide.com.